Hello, everyone, and welcome back to A Cup of Coffee, the show to go with your morning cup of coffee. I am Aman, and this is my co-host, Omar. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. Uh, so, Aman, what have you been thinking about this week? So, this week, um, of course, I have been thinking about our wonderful new cup of coffee mugs. For those of you on YouTube, uh, yeah, these are uh, really sick. So, that's um, that's been really awesome. We may start doing merch soon. Uh, comment down below if you're interested. Um, but so yesterday, actually, yeah. So I was, I've obviously, uh, you know, we've been in quarantine for quite a while. But uh, it was yesterday that it really, um, so, you know, like when after a really, really long time, a couple of like certain things just hit you different. Um, yeah. So I was, I had to do some, so run some errands with my mom and in the middle of it, because it was cloudy outside, we were like, it's a good day to pick up some hot chocolate. And so we were like, you know, let's, let's go get some hot chocolate. But the best hot chocolate place around was inside the mall. And so we were like, okay, we'll just run, we'll mask up and then we'll go inside the mall, pick up the hot chocolate and go out. Right. You know, it should be pretty safe. So we go ahead, <clears throat> we go, um, park outside the mall, we go inside. And I walked through the door and just a wave of memories once I walked inside the doors of Stonebriar uh, hit me. And, you know, like I, I remember going to see movies with my friends and going to the Cheesecake Factory and, uh, you know, like all of the good moments that I had had. And it just it just hit me. And I was like feeling nostalgic and emotional. And I was like, no, I everything is is so everything sucks right now. I hate quarantine. I hate life. I just want to go back home now. This is much sadder than I thought it would be. Um, but yeah, I never thought that. Yeah, I never thought you'd feel nostalgic for Stonebriar. Right? Yeah. And you know, one of my first memories of Stonebriar is uh, I had never been there and I just moved here and I was at school. Uh, for, like, it was one of my first few days at school. And somebody, like, uh, my Spanish professor had a picture of a mall and he used a picture of Stonebriar. And I was like, whoa, that's a really, really nice mall. And then somebody was like, dude, that's like 10 minutes from here. That's Stonebriar. I was like, no way. That's so cool. Um, so, but yeah, like after a while, Stonebriar just feels so like, yeah, we go there, like all the time, you know, it's, it's literally right here. I used to work across the street from it, you know, so it's nothing special, mm -hmm. but now going to Stonebriar is like, oh my God, man, I miss this place. This was the spot. Um, so yeah, just yeah. thinking about, you know, like being able to see a movie with my friends and, and, uh, going out to eat, I guess I've gone out to eat a lot less lately, <laughs> which is good for me. Um, so, you know, like there are some benefits, obviously school's a little bit easier, you know, um, aside from the honor lock classes, even though most of my teachers give me open note tests, even with honor lock, which I don't understand, but that's a whole nother conversation. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's not like, yeah, it, it was just, it just hit me at that point, And I was like, I'm sick of this. How have I done this for so long? I don't know how much longer I'm going to last. Um, so yeah, it, it almost feels like going out makes like you think like going out would make staying in easier, but it it doesn't. Yeah, it makes it harder. It yeah, exactly. You're just like okay, well at least I get to go out a little bit, and then it's like no, I don't want to go out a little bit. I want to go all in, right? That's all or nothing, right? Because when you're not there, then you don't have anything to miss. Cause especially because. Like, yeah, I can go out, but yeah, I'm going to be wearing a mask and going to pick up my food from a restaurant where it's going to be very difficult for any, anybody to understand me. So I can't socially interact with anyone. That's another huge thing for me is just meeting strangers because I would be, you know, um, 
I'd be the kind of guy that if I'm at a coffee shop or a restaurant and, you know, I meet somebody that's in line next to me and neither of us is talking, it's weird to me. So I'll make conversation. So, you know, like I, I will just meet so many strangers. But now it's just, you know, like they have to stand outside while I'm ordering my food. Yeah. And like when someone approaches you now, you're just like. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing, man? Yeah. You're like the caveman. <laughs> and then it turns around when somebody talks to me, you're like, oh. <laughs> so it's, it's just also, so weird and also like social distancing all the time just when, whenever someone walks in you you're just it just like part of you just automatically just backs away mm -hmm. yeah and, and another thing is it's hard to like harder to understand people behind masks um i can't tell you how many times i've been ordering food and they were like they were like what and i was like what and then, you know it's just continued for a little while um so yeah just just yeah, those things i order over the phone yeah it's it's the best uh so those things have really been hitting me um so i guess um a question that i have for you is like how has quarantine affected your daily life and what are some of the things you miss most from being able to go out i mean it's i mean for one thing it's put me at home a lot a lot longer than i'm used to yeah just because uh you know the past couple of years university i'm out like all day. I had an on-campus job as well, so I wouldn't come home till like between eight thirty and ten. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd, yeah, I'd leave at nine and I'd come home like till like like eleven, twelve hours later. Right? Yeah. I pretty much was out all day. And you know, if you told me, I don't really sit down that much when I'm outside. Mm -hmm. just what, like, like outside of classes, like. Uh, I, I I spend a lot of time just walking around, walking around doing random things. Yeah. Um, like pretty much the only time I'd sit outside of classes when you'd find me in the SSA. Exactly. Um, yeah. So I'd be a lot more. I guess I was a lot more active. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah. So I, yeah, a big part is that staying inside. Yeah. Uh, and just sit I mean, down. there's benefits. Yeah. I mean, there's benefits to it. Like I I've been able to game a lot more than I got to before. That's true. Um, uh, not that I wasn't able to game before at UTD because my laptop's good enough yeah. uh, to do that. But uh, it's yeah. just not the same. I mean, especially because like you know people are gonna come and be like, "Hey, you want to hang out?" And that was a different kind of fun. Um, and I yeah. remember that. And obviously, um, you know, being able to walk around a lot more and having to walk around campus is not only good for your physical health but your mental health as well. Yeah, and on top on top of that, you know. I could do things spontaneously. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Like if someone, like if I was hanging at SSA and somebody was like, "Let's, let's go to Chop and get lunch," I was like, "Sure, let's do it." Yeah, and then someone uh, would say, "Let's go to Halal Shack," and you could just say, "No, I will." Why would I do that? <laughs> so yeah, and I just you know never talk to them again. Exactly. <laughs> um, uh, and you know, like that one time that uh, me, you, and and Fies were like. Yo, let's just go to the city. Let's go to Dallas after after our classes are done, and we just went to Dallas. We went to the DMA to go see some art, and then we got some wow. Emporium pies and big guys yeah, afterwards. That was, that's, I, I yeah, that that's another thing. I mean, that wasn't really a part of my routine, but that was something we did every once in a while. We yeah. could just hop on, uh, we just hop on the train, head to Dallas, exactly. and then go see some art museums for like what for free, right? For free. Uh, the Chrome. Yeah, the DMA and the Chrome Museum were both free, so we got to see a bunch of cool art, and then we got to cap it all off with some 
very good pies. Yeah, so, so yeah. yeah, and big we guys in the middle. Yeah, we always had that option of the day trade, and like even if oh, we were too late for the art stuff, we could have just gone and seen a play at the theater as yeah. well. They had they're showing uh, the color, is it the color is that what's it called? The color purple, I think. Uh, um, the one. Are you talking about that one place that's black and white? Or are you uh, talking no. about something at the DMA? Or... As, um, it's, it's a play that I saw when I was looking stuff up. Yeah, it's mm. called, yeah, it's called uh, The Color Purple. It's, um, oh. They're showing it somewhere in Dallas. Wait, never mind. It's I thought... a novel. I don't remember much about the premise, but it looked interesting. Mm. So we could have done that. Yeah. You know, There's a lot of things the that you option. can just do spontaneously. Yeah, we, yeah, we could have just on stuff but now if you want to do anything you have to carefully plan it out like it's a SWAT team operation yeah exactly uh, so it, it's it's just been quite a lot um, and I think I mean everyone can relate to that um, but another thing that I've missed uh, especially because so I started at UTD you you were at UTD for like a year and a half um, yeah. And then I started at UTD and within like two months had to just stop going to UTD and stay at home. <laughs> so I hardly got the experience of being able to be there. Yeah. Which that's, was. Uh, yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah. It's because we got to, because like when you were at college, we didn't get to hang out as often. Yeah. Ah. Exactly. Right. You know, it was still 18 minutes away from you. So. Yeah. Um, and Sucre yeah, Cafe I mean, was like... clo a lot closer to me than it was to you. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, because we mostly just hang out when we went to debate tournaments together. Yeah, pretty uh, much. Yeah, so uh, yeah, so at UTD, you know, we don't we just hang out in the SSA whenever we want. Exactly. And just you know, school in general was a lot more fun. It was harder, but like you had all the other benefits of school. Yeah. Now you you don't really get the learning benefit as much. Yeah. And you get none of the other benefits. Exactly. So it's just. You just get yeah, the grades, <laughs> which yeah. is like what all those Bollywood tell you. All all those Bollywood movies tell you is not the only thing that matters. You know, like the three idiots' mm -hmm. message. It's like don't just chase the number, which I hundred percent agree with. But now, well, what else yeah. can you do? Exactly, because like you don't realize how much stuff you can go, you can do at university until it's taken from you. Because uh -huh. I mean, because yeah, like a lot of stuff happens at university. At university, they do giveaways every once in a while. They have, there's always something going on to plan. Yeah. Um, just even hearing that background crowd noise in the stringy new building is nice. Yeah. Um, on top of that, like you had all those activities, like you know how they showed movies every Wednesday. Like I got to see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, after yeah, it was like right after an exam. I got to see that, and that was great. Yeah. Um, the guy and they had a Q and A with the guy who played Bruce Lee, so that was that was amazing. Which is awesome. Yeah, I mean they do some really like we give UTD a lot of crap, but it's a it's a good school and it's yeah. I mean, I, I think I think it's just us crapping on UTD is our own way of showing school spirit. We're just all, we're all <laughs> just kind of cynical here at UTD, so this is our way of yeah you know showing school spirit. Yeah, exactly. Um, but on the subject of school and, and quarantine memories, uh, something that's come up a lot in my mind is, um, you know, school before college and uh, the K through 12 education, um, you know, and, and being in high school where you and I met and just, you know, a lot of the um, 
a lot of the things at that time were just feel so different because everything changed when we got to college and then two years later when we didn't expect it to everything changed again um so that kind of feels like like we were at peace you know things were a lot simpler and we were in a comfort zone there um well relatively because even though jasper and plano west weren't all that great they did feel like home uh, yeah so i, I, I guess I felt like a slightly abusive home, but still. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it, it wasn't the best home, but it was a home. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so I guess the question that I have for you is, this can be from those years at Jasper and Plano West, or this can be before your high school years. Um, what's, like, do you, do you have a, a teacher or a couple of teachers that you remember that were just, you know, like, really, really good and inspired you, or you had a really good time in their class? Uh so, like, down the years, I've had, like, a couple, like, really memorable teachers. Uh, so, like, like in third grade, I had this uh, Indian guy, Mr. Farid. He was a short Indian guy with glasses, very strict, yelled a lot. Yeah. Uh, gave a lot of homework. Uh, but, like, I still did well in the class. Hmm. Um, I mean, I was third grade, so that's not really saying much, but... I don't know, I just... For some okay, reason, my third grade like, math. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but, like, that third grade really stuck with me just because, I guess, he instilled a lot of that. Uh, a lot of the, I guess he instilled the sort of work I think he needed for classes in high school and college later on, really early on. So, yeah. that, you know, that jump wasn't really as much. Hmm. Um, Where were you for third grade? I was in Monorot in Riyadh. Okay. Uh, so, so the, yeah. So, yeah, I was still in... So the and then after that, uh, like if you, if we jump to high school, uh, let's see, ninth grade. I mean, let's see if you jump to West. Um, I really enjoyed uh, my time in uh, a push with with Hudson. I just uh, I just thought she showed a lot of you know passion for history, and um, I generally do enjoy uh, learning history. So I really enjoyed my time in her class. Mm. Um, and maybe this is cheating, but like I, I think uh, all the debate coaches I've had, so that's including McCaffrey, Lito, Smith. I think they've all. I mean, I would we wouldn't be doing this podcast if yeah. were probably if they weren't there. So. That's true. So big shout out to them and big yeah. credit to them for 100%. you know making me a lot more confident uh, and putting my voice out. And you yeah. know, we got to hang out a lot more because of debate. So that's true. I think yeah, a big credit to them for making this podcast happen that's true yeah they, they were incredible teachers um and I, we still owe well i still owe smith for judging at point os you've done that well are you in the process of doing that actually <laughs> right after this yeah um uh, so. yeah so yeah and uh, i think well our next guest as well <laughs> yeah um, but yeah, uh, so what were some teachers that really affected you throughout your school years? So I had um, this one that I will never forget, also in third grade for me, strangely enough. Um, it was very, very, it was such a fun year because of this teacher. She was hilarious um, and she was nice to pretty much everyone. Um, and the thing about her is like she wanted everyone to just like, have a good time in class right I'll never forget it was Miss Ulmer in third grade and uh 
And despite my mom being the teacher's assistant that year, <laughs> uh, it was a really, really fun year. And she, you know, she would do random fun things like take us out and bring a pinata and let us all take turns hitting it. And then when none of us could break it because we were eight years old, she would break it for us and we would all reach for the candy and, you know, put as much as we could in our bags. Um, and then on character day, when the whole school was allowed to just wear, you know, because we had uniforms, it was a private school, the whole school was allowed to wear whatever they wanted, you know, whatever character, as long as they were a character, they could wear whatever they wanted. Um, they could be any character that they like every student had the choice to be any character in the entire world and so miss summer had this idea where our class could be miss frizzle's class from the magic school bus and so she was miss frizzle my mom was the um was it the iguana or the chame was it a chameleon the her her pet it's been a while yeah it, it was Mm -hmm. It was Miss Frizzle's pet, and obviously there were too many students in the class um, for just Miss Frizzle's class, so we had doubles. And so me and uh, one of my other friends got to be—I think his name was Arnold from the show—and our like, and everyone had a catchphrase. So when assembly came up, uh, you know, like they were, uh, we we actually got presented to the, the entire elementary school, and uh, everyone got to present their own catchphrase uh, in the class. So like ev like all of the different characters' catchphrases got you know shown. And Arnold's thing was that he would just laugh a lot. So me and my friend just had to laugh like when when the mic got given to us, and then we just started like I <laughs> I was so nervous, and the mic just came to us, and we just started dying. <laughs> like we just started laughing really hard. <laughs> And it was great. <laughs> it was awesome. Uh, so I had a really fun time in her class. Um, and that kind of taught me that learning can be fun. And it's not just, you know, an arduous process that we all have to go through in life and everything is dreadful. Um, so it was it was good. Uh, I'm glad that I went through that. And then in high school, I had a couple of really memorable teachers. Um, Mr. Wolf for physics was incredible, uh, especially because physics is hard for many. But he made it fun for us. Uh, he made it exciting and he made it easy to learn. Uh, Miss Rydling for uh, English was was really great for me. I actually read the books in her class, unlike majority of the time when I would just spark notes things. And she would know when I spark noted things, you know. She and she thought like this one because I, I did that a lot. And she thought this one time she was like it was like a midway through when we were reading a book there was a test on it, and she was like, "All right, Amon, you probably spark noted this. So, but if you did." You're not going to do good on this test but i actually read the book so i got a 97 and she was like wow okay and then so her class was really fun and um yeah i've had had some pretty good teachers um i think th those are those are the ones that i would remember the most i think um and they just yeah. like had a like a really great impact on on my life because oh and um yeah i forgot his name i don't know how i forgot his name uh, <laughs> I'm so bad. Uh, I, I wasn't like that close with this teacher, but one thing that I, that I gained from his class, it was in English in my senior year. And one thing that I gained from his class, like it wasn't so super memorable or anything, but I just remember finding out that like, because he would explain the books to us as we read, he wouldn't tell us to read something at home and then come back and answer questions about it. He would go through it in class instead. You know, he would, you know, explain it. And then, you know, because a lot of the texts were sometimes a lot more difficult to read um, than, you know, like, like, it would, you know, just read the Odyssey the first time and completely understand what's going on because, you know, like it, it's very old text. Um, and, you know, I guess if we were seniors in high school, we would have understood most of what was going on. But there's 
you know, still like a lot of the kids would be lost. So he would just go through things like that in class. He would go through everything in class. And it was fun. It was interesting. He made it interesting for us. And um, so there were a lot of things that we did in that class where, you know, again, like I learned that learning could be fun and interesting even nine years after my third grade, you know, even the higher level stuff like this can be fun. And so that's what I base a lot of things off of right now. Just the teachers that taught me learning can be interesting and fun and at the same time valuable. That's why I do a lot of, a lot of the things that I'm doing right now. So I have the 20 hour project and that's why we're learning so much from this podcast and I'm just loving right. it, you know, so it's, you can have a good time. Well, at the same time, you know, bringing value to yourself and even potentially others. So that's all right. Well, that was that was really good, and I think that's all the time we have for just the two of us. Uh, but we actually have a teacher on for our next segment, so that's going to be really exciting. Uh, so uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, Ms. Rahana, and uh, yeah, so cue musical transition. We're back uh, with Ms. Rahana. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. All right, so my name is Farhana Razak. I am currently a teacher at Imagine International Academy of North Texas in McKinney with our charter school, uh, K through 12. I've been teaching for over 10 years, various subjects and multiple grade levels. Awesome, very interesting. Um, so I, guess we're, we're diving right into the, the main subject here, uh, but I am very, very curious about this. How has quarantine affected like the way that you, because I know teachers have a lot of different styles and you know even your classroom is probably decorated in a certain way sometimes and it's just a certain way that you treat your kids. How has that changed because of the pandemic? Um, I wanna say when I started the school year, uh, we all started online so the, our admin actually requested us to check in with students a little more frequently on a personal level, uh, simply because some of them, their parents might have lost their jobs. Um, maybe they're alone at home because their parents are at work. So they're not in the same situation they were, were they were in back in February, for example. Hmm. So it is a lot more about making connections with students and making sure that they're doing okay because a good number of them are not. Yeah. Okay, that's that's really nice of the of the staff to like give you guys that message and um, to view for for you to reach out to a lot of the students. Um, so what is uh, like? I I don't know very much about uh, Imagine. So if you could just a little background on like where you teach and um, so it's a private school, I assume. It is a charter school. A charter school. Okay, yeah, you said that. Um, so how is that different? you know, like for the kids, uh, like how is that different from normal public schools? And how do you think the quarantine experience differs from normal, normal public school? Um, from what I've heard from friends and family, the public schools, I mean, everybody's doing the best they can, but because our charter school has a much smaller population than other public, uh, than public schools, 
uh, we're able to cater to students on a personal level mm. and we're able to connect with them on a daily basis. Um, we have counselors in the lower school because we're a K through 12 school. We have counselors um, in the lower school and the upper school and uh, they're able to communicate with students on a daily basis and they have a roster of kids that they check in with. Um, but as far as the school itself, we're just smaller. Mm -hmm. A lot of parents send their kids to our school because of uh, the rigor and the IB curriculum that we teach. And it's, it's a different style of learning. It's not for everybody. Um, but if students are motivated um, to learn in the system, uh, by the time they finish 12th grade, they're actually one, they get one year of college credit. I, I believe oh, I could be wrong. Yeah. So we do have a lot of advanced, uh, we take courses a little earlier. For example, I teach eighth grade, mm -hmm. but my eighth graders are taking biology with me. Uh, um, and then I, yeah. Cool. And then I have, yeah. So it's, a, we take courses a little earlier. We have seventh graders that take algebra one if they're ready for it, but most yeah. of the kids take it in eighth grade. So wow. it's, it's a little faster track than okay. public. Wow, okay. Hmm. And so why did you, um, well, I guess this is two questions, but why did you become a teacher in the first place? Um, why did you enjoy that field? And why, why did you choose this particular school to teach at? All right. So going into teaching, I was at, uh, I was getting a degree in chemistry at UT Austin. Um, mm -hmm. I, towards my final, well, midway to closer to the and um, I was looking at job options and I realized if you have a chemistry degree in the bachelor's level, all you can do is be doing lab uh, research, which was intriguing at one point, but it wasn't something I wanted to do in the long run. So um, I had a roommate at the time. She was taking teaching courses and she was in the teaching program at UT Austin. And there's a pretty neat uh, program if you if anybody wants to go into teaching. It's called the U Teach program, and um, they actually have a collaboration between the College of Education and the College of Natural Sciences, and it's a fast track to get a teaching certification. Oh, so I tried out a course or two, and then I thought that's something I want to do. Plus, you get summer vacation, which is always a bonus. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Um, and then now that I have kids, I have the holidays match up with my kids so I don't have to worry about childcare mm. and make sure that somebody's available to watch them. Okay. Um, so yeah. Um, I chose to teach at Imagine, I don't know, I was teaching at private schools previously. Um, I want to say about four different schools mm -hmm. before I found Imagine and I really think I belong here. And I can make more of a difference at Imagine versus at the other schools I was hmm. at. I was actually teaching at the same school Omar was at. Yeah, good grade. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, uh, yeah, no, I remember that. That's huh, so that's really nice. Yeah. Uh, so like going more into like teaching and like how you teach. Um, so because uh, I know for a lot of professors. <laughs> Uh, for me, uh, they've had a lot of difficulty maintaining the style of how they teach during the pandemic with all of it online. So uh, is there any way you've adjusted the way, uh, you know, you teach the kids uh, 
in order to either maintain that style or um so i do have a group of kids okay so it's the style of teaching yeah um i do have a group of students who come in sickly right now and i have another group of who online still um the content the same the style obviously is going to be different mm. um uh, there's also even online, they don't get to do the same labs as we use simply because we can't share supplies. We can't even, you know, uh, I, yesterday I asked who needed to use a ruler to measure something and they couldn't share the rulers because that's against our protocol that we have. Um, yeah. So it's all sanitization. We spend a lot of time maintaining safety protocols versus the teaching itself has changed um, i do have to take my water my lessons down to bare minimum which is not ideal yeah. but that's what right okay nice. we normal as possible um, our school is doing things like so we have a red day we have an international dress day so even the online students um want to participate in that just because they want a sense of normalcy um, but as far as me teaching them, I go through a little bit of lecture for about 10, 15 minutes. Um, I might have them do some group work and in Zoom, you can do breakout rooms where they discuss. Obviously, I can't walk around to each room and make sure everybody's on back because when they're in the Zoom rooms, I can't watch them. So if they're off doing TikTok videos, that's kind of something that's out of my control. You have to learn to let a lot of those things go. Mm -hmm. um, because it's it's not something I can control from where I am. Yeah. That's yeah, that's a very important thing. I mean, not just in teaching, I feel like, uh, but that like you learn in life, it's just, you know, if something isn't under your control sometimes, it's best to just um not worry about it because, you know, it's, um I, I heard it best uh a couple of days ago and I was listening to a podcast where they said sometimes we spend time um, worrying about the things we can't control and that keeps us from controlling the things that we can. So um, I, I have a lot of respect for that teaching style that you're keeping up then. Yeah, and you know, some of my, for example, some of my units I used to do tests and I can't do tests anymore because I'll have a group of students if I say close notes test, I have those group of students who are honest and they will fail the test, but they will not be. But then I have other students who, you know, they'll get the highest grades just because they look through their book. So yeah. now I have to modify everything to make sure that I just tell them it's open because I can't control yeah. what they're doing, you know, on their end of the computer. Yeah, exactly. And you can make it more difficult, um, you know, based on that, you can say that, yeah, you might be able to look through your books and your notes now, but it's going to be a little bit harder because you can do that. So um, just adaptability is something that um, we're all being taught in, the, in this difficult time, especially teachers and a lot of the day to day workers. Um, so I guess we'll this uh, is a very serious subject, uh, so we may sway away from this a little bit um, here or stay on, on the subject, but uh, a question that we always love to ask, um, and I'm very intrigued to know from your perspective, is 
what is something that you are a big nerd about? Can you repeat your question? Um, what is something that you're a big nerd about? Okay, so this is easy. <laughs> uh, recently, so I think a month or two ago, I purchased this thing called an Instant Pot. All right, so I am into making anything and everything I can in my Instant Pot. I resort, well, I make my own yogurt now. I don't buy yogurt. Uh, I make plain. I make dulce de leche yogurt. Which, um, and so I've, I've learned to make spirini. I've learned to make soup. So there's lots of things that you can put in the Instant Pot. You can even make banana. Um, hmm. So I, I'm, I'm a big nerd about Instant Potting, and I have, like, I've joined Facebook groups on Instant Pot and how to do different recipes. Uh, um, my big project or my, my passion right now, I work and other home responsibilities. Uh, yeah, so I guess moving on from that. Uh, so uh, just uh, so I know you've lived in uh, a lot of places uh, in Kuwait, uh, Libya, in Bangladesh, uh, a little bit, I think, as well. Uh, so I was just wondering uh, how living, if if and how uh, living in different countries has affected your way of teaching and how you deal with the kids and things like that, and if it's made things easier in any way. I think it's made things easier and difficult um, both ways. Uh, easier because I do have experiences being in other countries so I can bring in a whole different perspective that kids in this country may or may not have um, just experiences living in other countries um, how things work in different countries versus over here I think sometimes like at one point I had shared that the weekends in the Middle East when I lived in Kuwait the week yeah. Thursday Friday and they were all confused as what <laughs> uh, so Simple things like that that you take for granted here on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, things don't work that well other countries. That's one. The other thing is I feel like it's a disadvantage for me because I don't always know kids here have gone through while they've gone through school. Um, when I was a biology curriculum, for example, I took biology in college. I took biology in, when I was in school. But I didn't know what they, yeah. what the students in this country traditionally learn. So I had to go back, review all of that. And we don't have textbooks in our school, so we're actually we have the liberty to teach what, hmm. not the content because that's dictated by the state, but we have liberty in how we teach it and what experiments we do and things like that. Uh, like uh, yeah. so. Public they tell you exactly what to teach and what experiments to do. Uh, so uh, we don't have to stick to that. Uh, and I like that. But again, the discipline research when teaching, because I don't know how far into a topic I have to go because I didn't have that experience going through the school system here. Um, but I feel like I bring a fresh perspective given my culture religion uh to okay. the students yeah and, and one one uh question i have that i'm very interested about is like how are the students different uh 
in foreign schools versus over here? My school when I was growing up was very strict. Uh, a mixture of, I grew up in Kuwait, so we had a Kuwaiti royal family. We had uh, people who were, we had other Arabs, a lot of Egyptians. We had the, yeah. um, hmm. the Indopak uh, group, which weren't that many. It was surprising uh, students were Arab and um, Um, so here, you have some kids who are children of immigrants or immigrants themselves. So the, the, the diversity is stark between the students I grew up with versus the students that I have right now. Um, obviously, they have a whole new set of problems that come with them yeah. um, because the world has changed between when I was in school and now, obviously. And I don't... I don't know if I go back to my old school if they have the same issues as this country, um, but that would be something yeah. I have and to look into. And I assume like a, look into. an increase in diversity would mean that people are a lot more accepting and uh, it's easier to get into a group if you had just moved into a school, uh, if it was more diverse because they have a lot more, a lot of different perspectives and there's probably a lot more groups that you could fit into. I agree. Uh, my school is very diverse. Um, we have a lot of Asian people. We have, well, Asian in general, and then we have a big, very big African American community. Uh, we have Hispanic, and I think each of those populations are kind of equal um, as compared to the white population. Where if you go to North Texas schools, public schools, you'd have yeah, you know, white population to be generally the highest one. Not, not at Jasper, and that's not the case in our school. <laughs> that was a, a different case. <laughs> mm. uh, I mean, Jasper, so. Yeah, I think majority of schools because I mean that's just the majority over here. That's obviously how it's going to be. Um, I think that's another benefit that we got from going to Jasper and Plano West because it was incredibly diverse. And I think Plano in general is uh, a lot more diverse and accepting. Um, and just Dallas in comparison to other um, Texas uh, cities, major cities, is a lot more diverse, uh, especially like Austin and San Antonio. Um, so I think that that was a big benefit for us. It also helped uh, guys like me and Omer, who coming into high school were uh, a lot more shy than we are now, just fit into a new group. And um, so it, it was really nice for us, and I think it's it's great that the culture has shifted towards that. Yeah. Um, so um... I, I think Plano's unique in that sense. Mm -hmm. McKinney schools, I feel, aren't as diverse. Okay. So, we're, yeah, we're kind of isolated over there. Omar, you have a question? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, basically, uh, we were talking earlier in the podcast about uh, you know, a, a whole bunch of teachers that have affected us, but uh, something I've always wondered if, if if it also goes the other way around, like where there's students that really uh, that influence or affect on you throughout your years, 
Sorry, can you repeat that? I missed it all. Um, <laughs> uh, so um, earlier in the podcast, we were talking about how uh, different teachers really affected who we are uh, throughout the years. So I was just wondering if it also goes the other way around, that you've had students that have had a huge effect on you uh, throughout your years as a teacher. Um, I, I, I've had, I, I do, um, I do have students sprinkled my career that um, I try to keep in touch with. Uh, I have students who made a big difference to me as a teacher, just because they genuinely shown that they then start working as a teacher. You, some children, you have to kind of um, hang on. I'm at a loss for words. Um, so when you're coming into the beginning, it's it's easy to be all about the content and not about connections that you make. Um, you go through a career, you realize that wait a sec, it's more about the connections because students will always remember a teacher made a difference in their lives and not about, you know, how many multiplication facts they learned with that teacher or they figured out the parts of the cell, for example. Um, so I just, uh, many years ago, she was, I want to say she's in Boston, but she would always make a little term and just say hi or Thank you for being my teacher. Simple things. And at the end of the year, she, and this was fourth grade, mind you, she learned how to crochet. You know, students that make a difference to me and they keep you kind of grounded and they remind you that it's, it's honestly how you make them feel, feel safe. Because once students feel safe being in the class, otherwise they're always on edge, nothing's yeah. going to go through to them. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. It generally, um, like I guess, I, I can't speak from as much experience from a student's perspective. Uh, but I definitely do agree that most of the teachers that had an impact, and when Omar and I were talking about it, most of the teachers that had an impact were the ones that you know taught you something about life, not just the subject that they were teaching. And you know, they made, like you said, made made you feel comfortable. Um, which, uh, after hearing you say all of this, uh, makes me want to have been in one of your classes, uh, but, you know, just, yeah, that, that, that thing with a teacher just sent, like, making you feel comfortable, and like I said before, uh, a lot of my favorite teachers were ones that taught me that learning can be fun and still provide value to you, um, and I think that's one of the most important lessons that some teachers had ever taught me, because once a student understands that, you know, once I understood that, I was able to, you know, like, go on and, and have like a d unique perspective about whatever I was working on and I was actually able to enjoy learning and growing uh, because and I think what a lot of students don't understand because but and this may be the fault of the current school system have you seen um, have you seen that is a mean bar or have you yeah. seen much Bollywood you have okay I watched it like last night for the very first time actually um and it's such a good movie I 100% recommend it it was so good yeah um basically it's about this kid who uh for Omar you haven't have you seen it no okay yeah, the audience well, might not have oh. yeah a lot of the audience might not have so I'm gonna uh explain a little bit about it I won't spoil it uh but it's about this kid who 
he's not the best at learning because he's dyslexic and um so he has a lot of trouble um but there was one teacher that uh came in and, and made a really big difference in his life and so just that um shows the, that message quite a bit and i think a lot of teachers have taught me this that you know you should be okay with failure um because that's how you learn right you should be able you should be okay with like maybe you didn't get the best grade on a certain test and and things of that nature and i think that's what the school system itself doesn't really allow for is room for mistakes because once you know especially in really competitive schools like jasper and plano west when you get a bad grade a lot of the time it feels like okay like my life is over and now i have a 4.69 instead of a 4.7 everything is bad and you know like that they feel like that's the end of the world and so the school system doesn't really allow for it's okay for you to dip down in gpa a little bit but as long as you learn from that mistake and you're better because of it i think that's um and obviously you can comment on this uh, a bit more because you are a, a teacher but i think if the school system allowed for mistakes and a little bit more creativity it would do a lot for for the students i think you would do well in the ib program because our grading system is very different. Um, so uh, every subject has four different types of assessments. Um, test, two of them are uh, pertaining to lab reports. And then one of them is your project, which is, you know, your creative end. We have these kinds of different assessments to allow students who dwell in one criterion, but then we have also the other criterion to for the creative student shine. So it kind of levels off at the end of the semester. So the assessments in the IB are they give us they give us, they make us um, provide a variety of assessments for the students. We also have what uh, our report cards are solely based on the unit assessments, which are the tests and the projects and the lab reports. So mm -hmm. any classwork, any homework assignment that we do in class or even quizzes, they don't count towards the final grade. So the way we provide an analogy is, for example, if you're learning to ride a bike, you don't want to be counted off for not knowing how to ride it. So if you're practicing, you don't want to be tested, right? You want to be tested only when you're ready and when you have perfected that skill, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the way we look at it. We kind of check for progress. So as you're learning to ride your bike, we check for progress. And that's where our quizzes, homework, and classwork come into play. And then once the students are ready, we do our summative assessment, which is the final test for that particular unit or final assessment. And so our report cards are based off of only those uh, grades. So as you are faltering, but learning, you don't get marked off. So when you are saying that you get a bad grade in some assignment, it doesn't break the students, right? Okay. So it's only at the very end that it counts. Um, but also, I feel like when you said that, you know, a grade can ruin your life, it's, I feel like that's a lot of family culture true. that comes into play. Um, and so... I feel like there's a lot of pressure from parents to get good grades so they can make it to college, et cetera, et cetera. But when you're in ninth grade, college is so far away, you're not even thinking about it. Yeah. Um, and so 
I don't know. It's it's tough on students because mm-hmm. you're not not only trying to learn and parents know that you're trying, but they also, you know, don't understand that things are difficult. They're not as easy as they used to be, or they're, it's not the same yeah. as it used to be when the parents okay. were in school. And a uh, lot of people don't understand that. Yeah, it's very um, different. I mean, being top ranked in your class right now is very different from being top ranked in your class in Pakistan in like the 70s because you know that was because i mean before a lot of things were percentile based uh as well and now they're not so the rank doesn't matter as much and one thing that you know like we're always told that gpa this number matters a lot but when you know you consider a lot of different jobs and that's why i like um what you said about the ib program um just the way that it works it was too late for me to get into that now but um and i really wish i went to your school and had you as a teacher but um but yeah like that IB, ib program it just you know sounds like it's a lot better for the kids because like like you said a ninth grader does isn't thinking as far ahead as college you know that's so far away then the gpa just becomes a number and that number is everything that your life is based on at that point. And so that's really all you're reduced to. But they don't realize that, okay, if I don't do well in high school, maybe, you know, and, and maybe they could spend a little bit more time on a creative passion, something that makes them happy, and they can learn from it as well and grow as a person, you know, so that they can do well further and like later in life. And, you know, then they realize once they get to college, you know, if you're, especially if you're doing something like computer science or IT, you know, you don't have to have the best grades in college because a lot of the times it's your networking and your actual skills that get you a job, right? You know, being able to put on your resume that you are able to do certain projects, being able to communicate with people effectively and get them to hire you for internships and then eventually for a job. Those are a lot more useful skills, in my opinion. And I'm only like I find it interesting. And I'm only, I'm only learning this right now in college, like six years after six years of thinking that my GPA mattered that much. And it still does. I'm not saying that it doesn't. It just doesn't hold as much weight as a lot of people uh, believe. And it's not you know, you shouldn't get depressed over it. You shouldn't put everything into it. It's a lot more important to spend time on your own creative passions. And like we always, like we've been saying, uh, you know, right now is, is just enjoy the process of learning. Yeah. Um, I think, I think a lot of our schooling and a lot of the pressure from society and family, just they, it, it drives the passion out um, of learning. Uh, so at that point, students just, they do it for the sake of the grade and not for the sake of the learning, yeah. which, you know, if you're a lifelong learner and if you're learning with your own motivation, then you, you remember the things and you learn from that and it affects you on a day-to-day basis versus just memorizing something, regurgitating on a test and then moving yeah. on because you're never going to remember that stuff. Exactly. And more so in quarantine, in, in my opinion, because learning online, you know, then it's just about the grade. Now, like tests are open books and now your, your challenge is, uh, you know, depending on how it's made, your challenge is trying to find all of the right answers. And sometimes things are not supposed to be open book, uh, you know, in a lot of classes online, but it becomes that way. So, you know, now it's become more about the grade and, uh, you know, paying for your own check account than it is about, you know, actually learning the subject. Um, so, 
now more than ever, <laughs> uh, these things hold true, and they have for a while. I don't see any changes coming too soon. Um, but I guess since we are nearing the end, um, and I will phrase this as two questions and you can answer it in parts, but um, what's one thing that the general schooling system can do? Uh, I know you talked a lot about your IB program, but like general public schools, um, what's something that they can do to encourage kids to learn more and enjoy the process of learning? And what is something that the students can do uh, that you don't see much on their end uh, or even in their homes, something that they can do to uh, motivate themselves to learn and still be successful while not having to slave over their GPA and be so worried about it? Um, as far as public schools, what can they do to motivate students? Um, allow for students to choose what they learn to an extent. Now, if you're learning about cells, the students can do some research on a particular organelle in the cell, for example, or something that gives them choice. Um, I know that well, my son is in sixth grade, and one of his favorite teachers is the social studies teacher, and that's simply because she uses technology and fun games in class. Um, and he's online, by the way. So she uses a, a, a website called Pear Deck, and there's another one called Nearpod, very similar. And those are interactive slides and uh, that has embedded games and questions in them that really allow students to interact with the material versus just listening to lectures. So allowing students, first of all, to decide what they want to do um, within reason, um, and then really ramp up the interaction that uh, teachers have with the students, especially the online ones, because they don't have that one-on-one -on -one connection. So allowing them to interact or giving them fun things to do while still learning is really, really important. Yeah. And um, I think that's about it. What was the second part of your question? I'm sorry. Um, what's something that the students can do, uh, or maybe just their families? Um, so this is one of my peeves, but families putting pressure on children for grades is, is one of my biggest things because I see it in, especially the Asian community in schools. I see those students, if they get something below an 80, they are depressed. Their parents, like I had one student whose parents took his devices away because he got a 77 average. In quarter one yeah so i'm like oh yeah i actually had a friend that i worked with uh when i was working at dsw and she said that like she came to work one day and she was really mad and uh she was like my parents grounded me you know why and i was like why and she was like i got a 98 in algebra and i was like what like you what you didn't get 100 and that's why you got like she still got an a plus like that's still yeah, the highest possible GPA. And uh, she was like, yeah, no, I got grounded. And I was like, wow, that's strict. Granted, she did get into MIT, but uh, that's, uh, I guess that's a different standard. Um, I, I, At the cost of her mental health? Yeah, probably. Um, so that, that that's, seems to be the situation for a lot of people. I mean, is it is it worth getting into MIT if you're not even going to enjoy it? Like, you know, maybe one day you'll get a job and, you know, you'll settle down. But I think, you know, I'm okay with going to UTD and, uh, you know, being happy <laughs> and 
you know, getting a job that I'll be happy with afterwards rather than slaving away for years trying to get into a school only to realize that I'll get a job and things will be the same. Maybe I might have more money and things might be a little bit different, but at the end of the day, you have to consider your own values first. Yeah, I agree. Um, so what students can do is I, I would encourage students to pick up projects on their own, like do independent things just for their own learning. Um, it could be something that they picked up from class and they can expand on, or it could be something that they enjoy doing. For example, um, if they're good at writing, they could start working on books. I have a teacher friend of mine, her twin girls are in sixth grade and they've been writing books and they've published quite a few. Wow. Yeah, so they self-published. I don't know if it was a, it wasn't a major publisher, okay. but it's one of those self-published. But still, still pretty impressive. Yeah, I, I not bad. Right now. <laughs> you what? If it was a major publisher, I'd be sending them email questions right now. <laughs> yep. Um, so they've published, and they're the the friend of mine had uh, cancer last year, so a lot the the books are about their mom's journey through cancer treatment. Wow. Um, so it was pretty, it was pretty, the books are pretty interesting. Um, I read a few of them. Uh, okay. Um, uh, yeah. And uh, well, I guess on a similar note, and uh, just, uh, just one more sort of lighthearted question before uh, we sort of begin to wrap things up. Um, like um, teachers uh, in many different forms, um, not just as the, uh, the profession, but also in the form of mentors and stuff, get uh, depicted a lot in across media and books, movies, games, etc. So, are there any uh, personal favorite uh, teacher type characters that you've really enjoyed uh, across any media? Huh, I've never had that question before. Um, I don't know. Whenever I think of schools in in different forms, I think of Harry Potter. Uh, uh, so there's there's a couple of teachers there that I would admire. McGonagall for one, um, uh, but also Snape. Really? Snape is a very strict teacher, but also he had a heart of gold. True, we and he did the right thing. His character arc was amazing. I'm reading through the books for the first time right now. I know this. I I know the story because I've seen the movies. But um, yeah, I'm on the Chamber of Secrets right now, and it's so good. Um, it's just the way they set a lot of things up. But yeah, I mean, I, I get what you're saying about McGonagall and Snape. They're both great. A lot of the teachers in that in that series are just really like a lot of the the connections that you build with them are great. Yeah, it's especially interesting, like how the relationship because he's there for seven years, you see that relationship change, right? Cause yeah. Harry with McGonagall and book one is not the same with Harry and with McGonagall in book five. Yeah. So. Yep. Definitely. Well, I do believe that's all we have time for. Um, it's been a great conversation. I, I had a lot of fun. I hope you enjoyed it as well. And uh, Omer? And uh, yeah, I think just before, just before we completely wrap things up, uh, just one last uh, part. I guess we, we try to do our parting advice at the end of every segment yes. uh, from our guests. So just uh, 
to everyone out there who's either having a tough time learning in the pandemic or a tough time if there are some teachers also watch this podcast actually but to teachers as well so what what advice do you have to anyone trying to learn or trying to help others to learn during this pandemic just some of a value or some advice to keep in mind um so when the pandemic first started i was trying i was rushing to make sure my lessons were perfect i had the right content um but I was burning myself out. And so uh, my husband, it's not a race, it's a marathon. So you need to be able to pace yourself and make sure you get to the goal you want, but it's not gonna happen in one day. Um, so it's a marathon. So keep at it uh, before you run your marathon, make sure you're training, uh, um, but keep yourself healthy, all right? Well, good advice um, from what I can only assume is a great teacher uh, from, from what I've heard today. And uh, so it was great. And Omar, you can uh, you can take us away. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for reaching the end of today's episode. It's a really special landmark for us, episode 10. Uh, we're glad all of you came out here to join us today. And as always, be sure to follow us at a cup of coffee pod on Instagram and Twitter or email us at a cup of coffee pod at gmail.com. Send us an email or DM us if you have any questions or are interested in being on the podcast. And as always, be sure to like, share, and subscribe. See you later, everyone.